Welcome to the Glean Podcast. We're so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to tune in with us as we discuss different topics on the Word of God. If you could do us a favor again, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's very important. If you're watching on Facebook, go down to the bottom, look at the thumbs up, click on it, let us know you like it. Then go over to the other side and hit the share button, share it on your page so that all of the groups of your friends can have an opportunity. The people that you're friends with on Facebook, they, they can also get an opportunity to hear the word of God. The more you share it, the more people get the opportunity to hear the things we're discussing about the Word of God. If you're on YouTube, you can like it. You can also share it. You can copy the link uh, on a text message. Uh, I'm sure everybody here knows somebody that needs to hear something about the Word of God, and everybody has smartphones now, uh, so you can copy and paste the link and text it to them. And then they can watch us on YouTube. We're also on all the major platforms of Spotify, iTunes, and uh, Google Play, different uh, podcast uh, outlets. We're on all the major ones of those. You can also go to our main page, and it'll have all the links to all the sites that we're on. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Be interactive with us. As we're ministering, you can comment. Let us know you're watching, where you're from. Uh, if you have any questions, you can put those in the comments on Facebook Live. We'll try to get those questions answered uh, as soon as we receive them uh, during the podcast. But we do want your interaction because any question that's unanswered, it stays unanswered. Just ask it, and we'll do our best to give you an answer based on what the Word of God says. But without further ado, we're going to get into tonight's subject of does God make you sick? And I think, sadly, there's some denominations that teach that, uh, that they believe that God makes you sick or God puts sickness on you maybe to teach you a lesson. Um, you know, somebody had shared a video with me a, a few few days ago of a young man that has cerebral palsy. And this, this, he's, I, I guess maybe in his twenties, I may be way off. He looked about in his twenties. Um, and you could barely understand him, but this, this kid is, he's totally in love with Jesus, which that is great. Uh, and he's wrote a book, uh, a 40 day, uh, devotional type book, um, uh, about the stories of Jesus. And he's, he's selling this book now, which is great, but he was going through some of those stories and, and he was explaining them great. And he was even talking about how he's learned, even with his disability to be able to worship God and to love God, which you should. And I, I applaud him for that. But one of the last things he said was he, um, how was it? He, he said it something along the lines of he felt, or the, the parable or story that spoke the most to him was about the man born blind. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was like him, neither he had sinned nor his parents, but God had given him the cerebral palsy to, to be able to be a testimony to other people. And, you know, my heart broke because I thought here, this, this young man, he's in love with Jesus and he's in love with God. He's living his life for Christ but he's missing the one element that Jesus paid for on the cross was healing. 
and and he's missing. God can heal cerebral palsy. He can heal any type of cancer. If it is a sickness, a disease, it does not matter what it is or how debilitating it is. It don't matter if you're on your deathbed. If the power of God is present to heal, he will raise you up. And, you know, we've heard testimonies of people with uh, limbs that, be power of God touch them. Their limbs would straighten out. Some would even grow limbs that weren't there. And, um, it just broke my heart that, you know, here, this young man, somebody needs to tell him, listen, what you're doing is great, but Jesus wants you healed. What bigger testimony is it? Not a big testimony of I've served God while I have cerebral palsy. That's great. But a bigger testimony would be, I have cerebral palsy, but I met Jesus and he healed me. So tonight, let's let's jump into the topic of does God make you sick? Well, like you said, it's sad that, you know, some people believe that uh, God does put sickness on you to teach you a lesson. But, uh, you know, the thing, uh, the first response I would say to that is where would he get it? Because there is none in heaven. Right. There's no sickness and disease in heaven. And, uh, Jesus, you know, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. And he said, our f- pray after this manner, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, mm-hmm. thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, uh, if, if there's no sickness and disease in heaven and he said, pray, Mm-hmm. God's will be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, where where would God get the sickness and disease from mm-hmm. to put on somebody? Right. And uh, so, uh, like you were saying, you know, that was one of the very things. Basically, there was three things uh, in the redemptive plan of God, uh, and you'll find it in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Uh, and it says in that 28th chapter, it dealt with sickness and dis- or sin, mm-hmm. sickness and disease, and poverty. Then in the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul said, For Christ hath, not going to, but has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. And so when Jesus went to the cross and uh, shed his blood, and of course, even before he went to the cross, uh, you know, the the crown of thorns that was placed upon his head, I believe was uh, the chastisement for our peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it talked about by his stripes, we are healed, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And uh, so... Uh, you'll find that in that 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, uh, God basically wanted to deliver us our, in the redemptive plan of God is to free us from the power of sin, sickness and disease, and poverty. Right. And, uh, you know, if you think poverty is a blessing, you go to some of these third world countries and see how they have to live. Right. Now, I'm not belittling those people. Right. Uh, you know, but uh, poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing. Right. And, uh, you know, like God told Abraham, uh, 
before, even before he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and I'm going to bless you so that you can become a blessing. Right. And uh, also in Galatians 3, chapter 7, it says that they that are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And so if you're born again, you're actually considered a child of Abraham. Mm -hmm. They that are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Well, how are we saved? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. It is a gift of God, mm -hmm. not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, uh, you know, we are, we are of faith because, uh, you know, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sin and to redeem us from the curse of the law. Right. And so if he's redeemed us from the curse, then why are people having such a problem with the curse? Mm -hmm. Have, why are they having such a problem with sin? Right. When Christ came and shed his blood to redeem us from sin. Now, I'm not saying that we won't, you know, as a child of God, that we won't ever make a mistake, but we will. Uh, you know, in First John chapter 1 and verse 9, he said uh, that if we confess our sin, he's faithful. Mm -hmm. Thank God he is faithful. <laughs> yeah. He's faithful and he's just. That means he's right to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And I've always said if you take the un- off of unrighteousness, what do you have left? Righteousness. Righteousness, praise God. And uh, then he goes on to say, if we say that we have no sin, then we do not the truth and we make God a liar. Right. Well, God's not a liar, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Then in 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, he said, Beloved, he said he's talking to his children. Mm -hmm. I've heard uh, some preachers say that, uh, God wasn't talking to the Christian there. He was talking to sinners. No, he didn't call the sinners beloved. He uh -huh. only referred to his children as beloved. In other words, you, you're my beloved. You're mm -hmm. my child. He said, I write these things to you that you sin not. That's why God, through his word, reveals to us what his plan, his purpose is, for our life here. And, uh, you know, some some people will say, well, I wonder what God thinks about a situation like this. Well, what does his word say? Mm -hmm. Whatever his word says, that's what God thinks. Mm -hmm. His word, some, you know, the uh, in the book of James chapter 5, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, you know, somebody will say, yeah, but where, where are we going to find a righteous person? Well, if you're born again, go look in the mirror. Exactly. There you are. That's right. We're, it's not because of anything we've done. Mm -hmm. It's what Christ did for us on the cross. Second Corinthians, I believe it's Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21. He was made to be sin for us. Mm-hmm. 
him who knew no sin, right. that we might be become the righteousness of God or be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He took our sin. We took his righteousness. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty good exchange, don't you? Yeah. Praise God. And so uh, he has written his word down so we can know what his will is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some people will say, yeah, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we, just, we don't know what God's will is about this or what God's will is about that. Or we can't understand all the Bible. Well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29, he says, the secret things belong unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. In other words, because God is God, he reserves some things to himself. But he said, the things that are revealed, what is it that is revealed? It's this book mm -hmm. called the Bible. Yep. Praise God. And uh, he's not trying to hide his truths from us. It's written down so we can know, so we can learn. And so, uh, and he said, but the things that are revealed are to us and to our children. Mm -hmm. And so God wants us to understand his word, mm -hmm. you know. Now, I've said often that if we lived a thousand lifetimes, we would never plummet the depth right. and the richness of God's word. Right. I mean, that's how powerful and how living God's word is. Mm -hmm. But uh, in, uh, you know, the scripture it's if people, you know, think that uh, God makes us sick to teach us a lesson, uh, then why, if, if that's true, and that was the Father's will, you know, to say if you missed it somewhere, you sinned. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God, to teach you a lesson, he's going to put sickness on you. But yet we see in the Word in Jesus's ministry, everywhere he went, he was teaching, preaching, mm -hmm. and healing. Yep. Now, if it was God's will for a person to be sick and Jesus healed him, then Jesus was going against right. his own father's will. Mm -hmm. Now, that, that's not hard to understand, mm -mm. you know. And so... Uh, they might say, yeah, but, uh, you know, we know that there are some sins that, that uh, uh, you know, can bring sickness in your body. If you live in immorality consistently on and on and on and God's dealt with you about it, God has spoken to you about it, uh, you open yourself up because of disobedience. Right. And give the avenue for the devil to come in mm -hmm. and to attack you. First Peter chapter five in verse eight says, be sober. That means to be sober minded, alert, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. Mm -hmm. You say, well, who's our adversary? Is it God? Mm -mm. No, he said it's the devil. Right. As a roaring lion, he goeth about. What for? Seeking whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. It didn't say God was devouring, yeah. devouring us. It said the devil is. Then we have John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief is come, but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Right. And then in uh, James chapter 1, verse 17, every good 
mm-hmm. and perfect gift comes from where? From the Father. From from the Father. Mm-hmm. Comes down from above, from the Father, which is in heaven. And, uh, you know, that with him there is no, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Right. That means God never changes his mind. Right. It's according to, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what he's already written. Because the Bible says that the word is forever settled in heaven. God's not going to rewrite the Bible, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, when it says in 1 Peter 2.24, the latter part of that says, by whose stripes ye were healed. That That is eternal. That's mm-hmm. an eternal word. And the Bible also says, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. So uh, if... If God is the one that is making people sick to teach them a lesson, then all of Jesus' ministry was in vain because he right. was going against his Father's will. Right. And uh, so that uh, you mentioned that scripture in John chapter 9 uh, about that young man, uh, you know. Uh, and, you know, yes, thank God you know, God will use whoever is is available and whoever's obedient, Mm -hmm. whether they're whole physically or Mm -hmm. not. If they're willing and obedient for God to use them, he will. Mm -hmm. And in the case of uh, Joni Erickson, I'm sure you've heard Mm -hmm. of her. I think she was paralyzed from her neck down in a diving accident, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, God has used her. There's Mm -hmm. no question about that. She has faith in God. She loves God. But God didn't cause that accident right. to, you know, get her attention and mm-hmm. to get her to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. I remember a man. Uh, he's, of course, uh, dead now, and he's in heaven, I'm sure. But uh, he had a serious heart attack, and he said, I wouldn't take nothing for my heart attack. God had to get me flat on my back so I'd listen to him. <laughs> now, God's are talking to you all the time. You're mm-hmm. just hard-headed and you're not listening. Right. You're not taking the time to listen to what God is saying to you. And I told him, I said, well, if, if that heart attack was so wonderful, why don't you pray that God gives you another one? Yeah. You can even get closer to God. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't want another heart attack. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's of God, why not? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just uh, some of it, you know, it's just common sense thinking. Yeah. You know. why, what, what advantage would it be to God to put sickness and disease on his children to teach them a lesson. Right. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we can go to that if you want to. Uh, we, I was thinking about going to it later in the program. But, uh, you know, he talked here in Hebrews chapter 12 about uh, how God deals with his children. And uh, he said... Uh, My son, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. That word there for chastening means correcting, Mm -hmm. correction. In other words, don't despise the correction that God gives 
nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. And that, that also is talking about child training. Mm-hmm. Well, and he said, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. In other words, he corrects us, he deals with us, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And uh, so, uh, you know, he's, you say in there, you see, God, and some people will read that and say, well, you see, God will scourge you. God will beat you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's talking about spiritually. Mm-hmm. God is a spirit, and how does God speak to us? Through our how, spirit. Through our spirit. God does not put sickness and disease on us to teach us a lesson. I can uh, write like, uh, we might come back to this later, but right now, let me go right back to Luke chapter 13. I think we were talking about this last week, uh, about the woman that was bowed over with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And it said she could in no wise lift herself or straighten herself up. And uh, Jesus called her to her and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And, of course, the, uh, you know, religious crowd got upset because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And uh, he called them, a, you know, a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. But then down there in verse 16, he said, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? In other words, in the fact that she was a descendant of Abraham, she was a child of the covenant Mm -hmm. God made with Abraham. We, We can see that. Whom God hath bound? No, that's not what it says. It makes it plain. Whom Satan hath bound? Mm-hmm. In other words, the spirit of infirmity that had attacked her body and caused her to be bowed over where she couldn't straighten herself up. God didn't put that on her Mm-mm. to try to teach her a lesson. And he says here, said she, she's a daughter of Abraham. She's a descendant of Abraham. She's a child of the covenant. Mm-hmm. She ought to be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day whom Satan hath bound. Right. You see, so he, he makes it plain. That, that ought to answer the question. Right. You know, uh, Satan is the one, uh, you know, in John 10 and 10, we mentioned earlier, the thief cometh, how, but for to steal, mm-hmm. to kill, and destroy. Everything that steals, kills, and destroys comes from the devil. Mm-hmm. Ever good and ever perfect gift. Right. John, uh, James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we can see that good comes from God, evil comes from Satan. Right. You know. And so uh, that, you know, shows us that uh, it, you know, God is not the one that uh, is putting sickness and disease on his children. And he also, in uh, Luke's gospel, he said uh, in Luke's chapter 11, he said, if you being evil or being earthly know how to give good gifts to your children. Right. Is it? 
In other words, he said, if you had a son and he had asked you for bread, mm-hmm. you wouldn't for bread give him a stone. Right. Or if he asked for an egg, you wouldn't for an egg give him a scorpion. Right. In other words, even you, a mm-hmm. natural earthly person, mm-hmm. got enough sense to know you, you're not, you know, if your child does something and disobeys you, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to slap this big catcher on you and see if you can learn something. Yeah. Learn your lesson. Well, you got more sense than mm-hmm. that. You, you're not going to do that to your child. And, uh, or you're not going to break his arm mm-hmm. and say, well, that'll teach you something. Yeah. Uh, all it teach him was you're an abusive dad. Exactly. <laughs> you're an yeah. abusive father. So uh, how, how does God deal with his children? The 12th chapter of Hebrews talks about he chasteneth every son whom he receives. Mm-hmm. Is it? Also, let uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, said that ever he, he, re, he chastens or chastises every son whom he receives. Mm-hmm. So God is a spirit. So how does God deal with us? To By his spirit, spirit mm-hmm. to our spirit. He brings spiritual Mm. Correction, you say how by His Word and by the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, some people. <laughs> I know this will probably uh, rub some people the wrong way, but uh, it's because of how they've been taught in the past, and they've got this in their mindset. Uh, is that uh, you know? Uh, I don't. Uh, I was fixing to go down a, a different way, but uh, I'm. I'm just wanting, you know, people to see and to understand that uh, God is a spirit. He he talks about that, you know, in John's gospel. God is a spirit, and God seeketh such to worship Him. Mm. How in spirit. spirit? It's spirit with spirit. Right. You know, God uh, don't put sickness and disease on us to try to teach us something. What happens is when we're disobedient to God, well, of course, we're rebellious. Mm-hmm. And when we're rebellious, that opens up the door to the enemy right. to come in and to attack us, mm-hmm. you see. And if you don't know how, you know, to resist him and, uh, you know, uh, he can bring something on sickness and disease on you and, and things like that that we just read there in Luke's gospel, the 13th chapter. It said, whom Satan hath bound. Didn't mm-hmm. say God had bound right. that woman. Satan did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, we know that the devil is the one that attacks us, you know, when when we've uh, sinned and we, we rebellious, we're disobedient, uh, you know, uh, you say, well, isn't that the same thing as God allowed it? Isn't that the same thing as he did it? No, no. absolutely not. Uh, God may allow you to go rob a bank, but that don't mean <laughs> it was his will for you to do right. it. Yeah. He gave us a choice. And I've heard people say this when they were suffering in their physical body. I guess I'm just like poor old Job. I'm suffering for the Lord. Right. <laughs> well, if you, you read the book of Job, you'll find out that it wasn't God right. that put uh, them sore balls on Job. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, the devil come and tried to get God to put 
the yeah. curse upon Job. Mm-hmm. He said the only reason he serves you is because, you know, you've blessed him like you have. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, you, that's what you think. And so, uh, but God said, I'm not going to curse him. He said, he's in your hands. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, I can't do nothing because you've got a hedge of protection about him. Well, if... Uh, if he was in God's hands, how, I mean, in the, the devil's hands, how did he get into the devil's hands if God had a head? The devil knew about that hedge of protection. Mm-hmm. But you'll find if you read the book of Job, Job pulled down that hedge of protection by his own mouth. Yep. Because he said, you see, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to go by the record. Yep. You know, if you get out of the record, you get in trouble. You got to stay with the record. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. He said, that thing which I have feared most Mm -hmm. has come upon me. Yep. He was snared by the words of his own mouth. Yep. You see? Yeah. So, uh, you know, he opened the door to the enemy by what he was speaking out of it. Right. And evidently, you know, that fear didn't just come on him all of a sudden. Uh-uh. He, he said, the way he said it, that thing I have feared most. Evidently, Job had been fearing for some time. For some time, that yeah. he might wind up losing, losing everything, everything right. that God had blessed him with. Right. And so he opened the door to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is another uh, insight on it. Job said... You know, uh, I mean, he did it innocently because he didn't mm-hmm. know. Uh, he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right. And uh, But that is true that it's in the Bible that mm-hmm. Job said that, but it's not true about God. Right. <laughs> you see, and that's where people miss it mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, yeah, God does give. God does bless us. But it's not him that takes it from us. Right. He, the Bible says he's come that we might have life and have it more abundant. Mm-hmm. So how, how does the enemy get an inroad into our life? Be careful what you say. Right. I know people, you know, have issue with it. Oh, you, you one of them that, you know, thinks you can have what you say. Well, Jesus is the one that taught it. Mm-hmm. If you study the 11th chapter of Mark, yeah. makes it plain. Jesus is the one that said, whosoever shall say. Mm-hmm. See, he's talking about, that's the same whosoever that's in John three sixteen. Yep. Whosoever shall say mm-hmm. under this mountain. Be, he's not talking about a literal mountain, but I even believe that if, if it was a, a literal mountain mm-hmm. that was keeping you from obeying God and doing what he's called you to do, and you speak to that mountain, it's going to move, mm-hmm. you know. But he's talking about a mountain of problems and issues that we have to deal with from day to day. And he said, if you'll speak to that mountain, and said, whosoever shall say, see, you got to say something, mm-hmm. whosoever shall say under this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and doubt not in his Heart. Mm-hmm. Notice he didn't say a thing about right. his head. Yeah. Because you can have faith in your heart and 
doubt and unbelief just bombarding mm-hmm. your mind. But you you believe the you have to go by the word of God. Right. You see. And uh, he said, and doubt not in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have mm-hmm. whatsoever he saith. Mm-hmm. Notice he mentioned the verb say three times to the believing one time. Right. So I, I think our problem is not so much in believing we, we believe the Word of God. People, You ask people if they believe the Word. Oh, yeah, I believe the Word of God. But do you believe you can have what you say? Mm-hmm. You see? And it'll work in reverse as well. Oh, yeah. You know, if you speak negative all the time, then you're going to get it to work that way. You, you have faith in something. It's just in the wrong right. thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I believe it takes, as, I believe it takes more faith to believe that God can't hear you than it does to believe that he can. Yeah. You know, and that was a little bit of what I shared Sunday was about uh, strongholds. Yeah. Strongholds are built in our mind. That's the battlefield. And that's where the enemy's at. Yeah. So the way I look at things is sickness and disease is 1% of the problem. Mm-hmm. The other 99% yeah. is up here. You have to believe God at his word. You have to take him at his word. And when you believe in your spirit, in your heart, then, like you said, yeah, the enemy's still going to be attacking your mind. Well, that prayer didn't work. Well, yeah. you're still sick. Well, you them, them issues are flaring back up. Well, to me, that's just a guarantee yeah. that God's already done the work, and the enemy's trying to just tell me that, well, it didn't. Yeah. Because if I listen to him long enough— my thoughts, then, yeah, I'm going to begin to have those symptoms, you know. And and you'll notice, too, what you dwell on Mm -hmm. is what you're going to speak. That's why we need to keep our mind on what the Word of God promises. Mm -hmm. In Mark 11, 24, you know, where he said, speaking to the mountain, and uh, he said, then, he said, verily I say, and that's verse 23, and verse 24 said, uh, I say, verily I say unto you, that what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Mm-hmm. When do you do the believing? After you get it? <laughs> no, you got to do the believing while you're praying. Mm-hmm. You see, you got to believe in your heart that God's faithful to His word. Hebrews ten twenty three said, "Let us hold fast mm-hmm. to our confession of faith." Mm-hmm. See, it's still he's still dealing with saying something. Mm-hmm. So he said in Hebrews ten twenty three, "Let us hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering." Why? Because he's faithful that promise. Mm-hmm. If if God said it, uh, you know Numbers uh, twenty three nineteen, I believe it said, "God is not a man that he should lie, neither son of man that he should repent." If he said it, shall he not do it? Right. If he's spoken, shall he not make it good? So God, and Jeremiah one twelve says, God hastens his word. Mm-hmm. One, the Amplified Translation says, God watches over his word carefully to bring it to pass. Mm-hmm. You see? So he said, what things ever you desire. Mm-hmm. Well, if you desire to be healed, 
to be free from sickness and disease, then you got to believe in your heart that he will do exactly what he promised and that you have spoken it in faith out of your heart, out mm-hmm. of your heart. Paul, the apostle Paul, uh, basically said the same thing. He just approached it a little different uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If thou shalt what? Confess. Mm-hmm. You got to say something. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can say that, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, you, 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 you couldn't be born again if right. you never said anything. Right. You see, you got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on mm-hmm. the cross. You got to believe that in your heart. Mm-hmm. You got to believe that God raised him from the dead. And then confess it. And then confess it. Mm-hmm. You got to say something. And he said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not in your head. That's right. It's it's so simple. And, uh, you know, and then he said, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with his mouth mm-hmm. confession is made unto salvation. Right. Or you could say this, or confession is made unto healing, mm-hmm. or confession is made unto prosperity. Yeah. Whatever God's word has promised, he will give you if you'll trust him, if right. you'll believe him. Yeah, I was reading, well, I'm reading now, I've read it. I don't know, this is probably the fifth or sixth time. It's one of Lester Summerall's books. And he was talking about a lady that he prayed for, you know, in which he's been dead for some years now. Uh, But this was back, I guess, early 1900s. And he was in, I think he said, Welshire, England. But he was holding a a succession of meetings and said a a young lady come in and uh, during the praise service and... uh, she had a big gorder on her side, mm-hmm. big growth, and uh, said she come up to the altar and, and said, uh, I believe God's going to heal me of this growth, this gorder that's on my side. He said, I laid hands on her. She fell out under the power of God. There was no visible change, mm-hmm. but she went back to her seat, and then she come back the next night, and all you'd hear her say was, I thank God for healing me of that growth, but it was still there. Mm-hmm. Well, the next year, they had those meetings again, and this same young lady come back, and the first night, she's up testifying how God had healed her of that growth, that gorder. But Lester Summerall said by the natural eye, it hadn't got any better. Smith Wigglesworth, not Lester Summerall, I'm sorry, but it had not got any better. It actually had gotten bigger, mm-hmm. but he said every night, she'd say, I thank God, and I, I'm glad I get to go home and testify to my mama. And my daddy, that, that that God has healed me. Well, that them succession of meetings ended. The next year, the third year, the first night when she went to testify, a couple of the, the saints there stopped her and said, Sister said, uh, that thing's getting bigger. Said, uh, you, you're going to confuse people about God. And said, no, he healed me. So that night after that meeting, she went home. And said she looked in the mirror before she laid down in the, in her bed, and she said, "Now, Lord, I know that three years ago on such and such a night, I received my healing. I know that I'm healed, but you're gonna have to prove it to the people because they don't believe it." Mm-hmm. And she went to bed. Said she woke up the next morning, and she got up and got dressed and went downstairs and said her mama's jaw about hit the floor. 
<laughs> and she said, "What? What's the matter, Mama?" She said, "That growth's gone." She said, "That thing's been gone." She said, "It was there last night." She said, "Well, God had to just finally just remove everything." Said because of y'all's doubt and unbelief. She said, "I knew I was healed." Mm-hmm. But you see, for three years, she had to hold fast to her confession, what she was saying. It's not to say that the enemy didn't get in her mind. Sure. And mess with her head. And, and ha- yeah, how embarrassing. You know the enemy. Well, you, you look like a hypocrite. You look like a fool. They're that gross big on your side, and you telling people that God healed you. You're a liar. You, you're a fraud. Hmm. But yet she held fast. Yeah. Now, why did it take that long? I don't know. Yeah. But the one thing I've, I, I've learned is God is God. Mm-hmm. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. I'm not going to question him on the how. Yeah. How are you going to do it? I'm not going to question that. I'm just going to take him at his word, and I'm going to believe him. From the moment, and I think a lot of people as far as that, from the moment that you pray and believe, from that point on, I, I, don't ask him again for mm-hmm. it. Just praise him. Yeah. Every time you think about it, God, I thank you for my healing. I, I praise you. I worship you for what you've done in my life. And, you know, if God was to put that on me, then why would I be praising him to take it off of me? I should be praising him because he put it on me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, God's not going to put sickness on us, and he didn't put it on that woman and make her have it for three years to give him glory because over those three years, there's probably a lot of people thought, well, this healing business ain't ain't working. Yeah. You know, but it, it's it's not the the why or, or or even the how. It's just believe his word. Yeah. This is what his word says. So no matter what the world says, no matter what, you know, it's like that song we sing, whose report will we believe? Mm-hmm. We will believe the report of the Lord. Why? Because his report is always positive. Yeah. In our life. The world's is not always positive. A lot of times it's negative, especially nowadays. If you go to a doctor and he gives you, you know, when a doctor sits down with you and says it's time for you to get your affairs in order, that's pretty serious. Yeah. And a lot of people, well, it's this is pitiful. And I think that's the other thing is you have to be careful who you surround yourself with. Yeah. If there's a lot of negative people around you, they'll have you buried before you you even got your affairs in order. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you need to have yourself around people that are of like faith and of confession. You know, you don't want people, well, God's put this on you. You just need to bear this cross. Mm-hmm. No, that sickness is not my cross. Yeah, That sickness died on the cross that G 